It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Trying to spread a little love and joy and togetherness here as the weather has gotten phenomenal here outside the Sports Frenzy studio. So why not bask in the sun and the warmth and the togetherness, the brotherhood, the sisterhood? that we strive for here on Sports Frenzy 2.0. You feeling all right? <laughs> I was waiting for you to smack me upside the head. <laughs> I just wanted to see how long you were going to keep babbling incoherently. <laughs> you know that's not what we're about here on Sports Frenzy 2.0. There's Be- no kumbaya. <laughs> Get your patchouli stink out of here. He's the Conquistador Dave Heights. He's the maestro Kevin Crane. Glad, as always, to have you aboard for the latest Sports Frenzy here, taping April the 12th, 2023. This will hit early Thursday morning the 13th. Yep, but we have had some glorious weather these last several days. And it'll come all crashing to an end here. By the end of the weekend. Yes. 25 degree shift in the high from Saturday to Sunday. Yep. Gotta love it. Jesus, we live in hell. <laughs> Jesus, God. Oh, all right, kids. Second week of the Major League Baseball season is pretty much wrapped up. Yep. And kudos to you if you picked the Tampa Bay Rays to come out of the gate 11 and 0, and right now they're winning. They're winning on their way, possibly to 12. Good God. I tell you what, number one. Kevin Cash will be able to have whatever job he wants in baseball with the job he has done with the Rays, just like Joe Madden before him. Uh, Does it surprise me? Yes and no. They are so smart in their player development. That is what they have over every other organization, save for maybe the A's who have been doing it longer, but they just turn over and ship everybody out and stay in perpetual rebuild mode where the Rays actually try to compete. Right, right. The Rays spend a little tiny bit of money, little bit of little, money. Little bitty. Or of course, the A's don't spend any money anymore, at least. But this is very impressive how they're out to this start. If they win tonight, as we mentioned, they are winning three to nothing. As we record over the Boston Red Sox, heading to 12 and 0, possibly. Believe I read the record is 13 wins to start the season. Now, the thing that always screws me up with this when we talk about baseball and the, the great starts to a season is the first team I think of is the Detroit Tigers, way back in, I believe, the 80s. But they must yeah. have lost a game in there because they're not listed as the as one of the two teams to have a 13 and 0 start. start. Yeah. I think they might have started something like 23 and 1 or something like that. Yeah, they had Cuz I know the Royals were listed as a 13 and 0 start. One other team, I'm sorry, I let you down kids. I did not do my proper research. But this is still incredibly impressive. Now, of course, our teams are not incredibly impressive. Nope. Nope, not even remotely close. Cubs, <sighs> Cubs lose today. Cubs are the Cubs. They're gonna they're gonna scuffle, struggle, 
have some good runs, have some bad runs. Of course, can't sweep anybody. God forbid they'd win all three against the Mariners, but they lose today. They are six and five. They are in third place, two behind Milwaukee in the NL Central. Here's what drives me crazy, Dave. Here's what drives me crazy. Everybody's happy with the rules. Everybody's ecstatic about the pace of play. And we'll get to one of the ancillary benefits of the quicker games here for the baseball fans in just a minute. But how many days, literally, has the baseball season, the regular season, been going on? About 14 days, right? Yep. Because they started a Thursday. So this this Thursday, when this hits, will be the third Thursday. Yeah. Why the hell do you have to give Dansby Swanson a day off already? The guy just had four hits yesterday. Because his wife just underwent knee surgery, and they're giving him a day to go spend with her. Oh, figures. You would know. You would know. You would find a way to make me look like an asshole yet again. I didn't know that. Yep. Yeah, his wife plays for the U.S. women's national soccer team. And she dislocated her patella over the weekend and had surgery, I believe, yesterday on the 11th, as we record here on the 12th. All right, you guys get your phones out. Hit record because you're going to hear something you never hear on Sports Frenzy. I am sorry to Dance V. Swanson. (laughs) I did not know. I did not hear about this. I tried to listen to the radio feed of the game today, and it, for some reason it wasn't coming through. So yeah. I was watching the game it, cast on ESPN, and so I didn't get this information. Yeah, he. Uh, they were talking about it on the, the radio, sports radio this morning on my way into work. And uh, it said that he left the game with side, left side soreness. They think he was dehydrated, having been up with his wife and worrying and all of that, not properly taking care of himself, eating and all. And on the one play he made, he may have tweaked something or had muscle spasms or cramps. And so they're giving him the day off to recover and to go spend time with her. Well, actually, now he gets an extra day because they're going to be traveling to the West Coast to play the Dodgers starting Friday. Yeah. So again... I'm sorry. I will not apologize for ranting and raving about most things, but in this case, there's I will a apologize. legitimate reason. I will apologize. I did not have the information. I wasn't blaming him. I was actually blaming David Ross. Yeah. I figured Uncle Rossi had sat him because the <laughs> analytics guys had told him, well, he's, he needs a day off. Like you don't sit a guy after having four hits. Yeah. You no. let him let that momentum peter out first before you do that. But obviously, ancillary issues were at play. Yep. There we go. You've got injuries as well. Oh my God. The stupid ass five and eight White Sox, three and a half behind the twins, who they just lost two out of three to this week. Of course, we've talked about Eloy's been out with the hamstring. Moncada's out day-to-day with some toe-foot thing. Now, Tim Anderson is out. Talked last week how he has to keep his anger in check to not get suspended because as he goes, the team goes, they need him in there. 
oh, he sprained his knee on a play getting slid into in the opening game against the Twins. Leaves the game. Great. There you go. Once again, this team is not put together well. There is no depth. There's no hope in the minor league system. The front office needs to be blown up. They need to really refigure how the hell they draft and how they develop everybody. They need to take a long, hard look at how Houston and Tampa develop their players from top to or from bottom to top. Everybody's always on the same page. Listen to a replay of Rick Hahn talking before the season how, oh, this is a team you need to tune in and watch. I know it's just lip service, but I truly believe this is a team that the type of team with the attitude and willingness to do what it takes to win that we had in 2020, early 2021, before injuries and all fell apart and they just underperformed. I He said he really, truly believed, but the fans would just have to watch and see for themselves through the first 13 games of the season they are what we thought they were they suck you continue to do nothing to improve this organization jerry reinsdorf sell the damn team to somebody who really cares blow up the front office start from scratch this organization needs a complete overhaul the city of Chicago deserves better from either side of town. I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. Because of the Cubs, going back to them for a second, I am already calculating, waiting for the excuses. I've already calculated how they could afford Shohei Otani easily without any muss, any fuss. Hayward comes off this year. Bellinger was on a one-year deal. Don't re-sign him. Hendricks comes off the payroll this year, $50 million. Boom, confetti! Oh, but they just shelled out all the money for brand new lighting. They went LED. They had to rebuild their their whole power source. We've been talking about this with Ricketts for the last couple years. His focus is not on the team. He doesn't care about the team. He cares about the amenities. He cares about building retail space and restaurants anything to make the money that he doesn't have to put back into the field and see when you mention the astros and you mention the rays the reason why those teams are so successful right now and have been for the last seven or eight years is because like you alluded to they know what they're doing developing players when you develop star players you don't have to sign Shohei Otani. No. You don't have to shell out all the money for a Xander Bogarts or a Manny Machado. I'm not picking on the Padres, of course, but, but the last year or so, they've been, along with the Mets, the poster children. For, for spending money. Right. And I, I root for the Rays. I it's root for the Rays. Frustrating I really do. as hell. Not only because they are a thorn in the side of the evil empire in New York, but just because I admire and appreciate what they're doing, I wish they're somehow, trying. I wish somehow they could figure out 
the stadium situation. They need and a keep real team. They need a real ballpark. Oakland looks like it's a lost cause, but Tampa, I still believe, if they could somehow give them a real ballpark closer to downtown Tampa Bay, that team could be successful financially as well as on the field. Yeah, they need to be in a place that's easy to get to because where they're buried at the bottom end of St. Pete, where it takes forever to get to, there's no good way to get there. It's pathetic what they've done yeah, to them. I went there once for a concert, and it was it was awful. I mean, there's nothing around it. There's no, you know, again, talking about what Ricketts is trying to do with the Cubs. And unfortunately for the White Sox, they're kind of stuck in this quandary with the, like with the Rays as well. No, there's no areas there to really, a lot of dining, a lot of bars, you know. Yeah. It's, but the Sox have developed some stuff right outside the stadium. Right. So they're working on that area. But they also have some of the best damn food in, in Major League Baseball once you get inside. Well, there are no shortage of cities wanting a major league team, whether it's an expansion team or poaching. From Oakland. Or Tampa. <laughs> or Tampa. Salt Lake City is the latest to put together a consortium a group that is going to try to put together a stadium bid, put together a package to show Major League Baseball, along with Portland, of course, we've talked about, Nashville, Charlotte is still out there, and of course, in terms of relocation, A's to Las Vegas, possibly the Tampa Bay Rays to Montreal. So That's been bannied about for how long now? Yeah, we will see. We will see how this all works out. Um, kind of shocking that Salt Lake City has now thrown their hat in the ring. I mean, I guess they are a growing area. I guess you just don't. Well, they got the. They've got one team. Yeah, the you usually don't think of one a one horse town like Orlando's only got the magic. You know, you don't think of those types of cities as being able to pull in that second one. Yeah. It's tough to do if they're not one of the major metropolitan markets. Right. So we shall see down the road what happens with that. I alluded to earlier the fact that the shorter games under the new rules are a, there is a new benefit. Four teams in Major League Baseball have announced that they will now allow beer sales to go through the eighth inning. <laughs> really? Do you want that seriously? Well, the games are shorter, Dave. Yeah, that's a good thing so you don't have the drunks leaving the stadium. Oh, come on. Look, look at the world. Look at the way the world is. This this makes perfect sense. <laughs> this oh, makes my perfect brain hurts. Sense. In our world. Now, of course, I don't want you to get all mad. We're not trying to bring up the whole on-field scuffle, but I have to point out the Pirates off to a good start, but lost their big young superstar, O'Neill Cruz, for four months, broke his ankle playing the White Sox. Yep. We watched it live. Yeah, that there was nothing 
Sox catchers Sebi Zavala did wrong. Cruz went for a late slide. His cleats caught in the dirt, and that's what snapped his ankle. It yeah, was, there was an nothing. awfully late slide. There was nothing dirty about the play. Somebody no. said something, and then both sides had to come out and, you know, dangle was, their balls for all the world to see. Yep, they had to strut like peacocks. But, but it's an unfortunate situation. But, you know, most most times anymore, the runners are going to try and slide around the tag and reach their hand under and around and kick their body away from the catcher. He tried to go through. And you can't do that anymore. And especially a late slide like that. We've seen too many ankle injuries, knee injuries, where when the cleats dig in. Yep. Oh, you're talking about the Oakland A's. I'm talking about how they are a prime candidate to move, most likely to relocate to Las Vegas. I've got one little nugget here that kind of should solidify that way of thinking. April the 4th, the Oakland A's attendance at their home stadium... <laughs> 3,407, which was less on the same day, less than 11 AAA teams. That's less than what our local single-A team draws on average. Yeah. Just, you got, Rob Manfred, I'm sure you're basking in the glow again of everybody being happy with the pace of play. Here's your thing. Jump on it while you can, while everybody's feeling good about you, outside of us, of course, and make some decisions about this. Grow some balls. Tell the Oakland, you're not doing this. You're done. They're moving to Vegas. And then put the the, the fear of God into Tampa. Yep. See, they didn't get it done. We're moving them. You're not getting this done. We're moving you. I just don't want him to go to Montreal. I'd rather see him go to Nashville, um, maybe Charlotte. Don't want him to go to Portland. Nobody should ever, ever, ever be subjected to going to Portland. No, no, God, no. One one team up there is bad enough with Seattle. Well, and the Trailblazers, of course. But, yeah, with baseball, with yeah, baseball. the Mariners. Finally, last baseball headline to discuss which is pretty pretty important pretty significant a trade that actually benefited both teams uh the twins and the marlins in the offseason the twins traded the reigning american league batting champion luisa luisa to the marlins marlins sent back uh was it pedro lopez really good pitcher yeah um who's been performing very, very well for them very well so both teams benefited from this because last night, as we tape here on the 12th, Arays hit for the first cycle in Miami or Florida Marlins history. And That's this, impressive. This that guy kid is, is a great. He is a phenomenal hitter. Yes, unbelievable. Long, long career ahead of him. Maybe he'll be in Miami. Maybe not. couple little tidbits about the cycle which I find interesting. Okay, so Luis Array's 340th cycle 
in baseball history, even though it was the first for the Marlins. Babe Ruth supposedly has 29 to lead all players. And a guy named George Burns. Oh, God. No. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> In 1883, holds the record for most. He had eight in a season. Most in a season. Damn. Very impressive. Yep. Gracie must have been very proud. <laughs> Anybody under but the I'll age pump. of 70 doesn't get that. <laughs> All right. Now only you culturally aware under 60 between <laughs> 40 and 60 should be able to get that. Yep. All right. Let's talk masters here. We got about nine and a half minutes left in segment one before Spotify pulls the plug on a first segment. So first and foremost, of course, we congratulate John Rahm, Dave doing the golf clap, of course. 12 under, had a great final round. Brooks Kepka unfortunately, kind of choked. He imploded. Phil Mickelson made a late charge. Mickelson and Kepka, of course, both live golfers. Finished yep. tied for second at eight under, yep. four shots behind Ron. Strong Ryan. showing. Weather was awful. Yep, the Saturday or, was brutal. Yep. Trees were falling. Uh, just an ugly scene, but somehow they got it all in before the end of the day on Sunday. So kudos to them. Yep. Despite the slow play, uh, was it uh, Cantley was holding up? Oh boy, Brooks Kepka <laughs> was pissed because we all know how Brooks Kepka feels about guys who play slow. Yep, he <laughs> does not abide by it at all. Yeah, he was pissed. At Cantley. Yeah. Pissed. There, there was a great shot of both Kepka and Rom waiting to be able to tee off both of them. They have the shot with their arms folded, glaring down the fairway. Now we've got some other news, of course, surrounding the Masters. Number one, you don't need Tiger. You don't need Rory. Well, exactly. of course, we found that out 100% proof for sure, as Tiger, despite the fact that he made the cut for the weekend. Because somebody bailed right before the cut was made. The only reason he got in. His buddy, Justin Thomas, had an awful, awful end of his second round. Pushed the cut up just enough where Tiger made it with a plus three. But then, of course, Tiger, miserable at the start of the third round. I think ballooned his score ballooned to plus eight Yeah. before he finally had to call it quits, saying the plantar fasciitis has gotten to me and my foot's hurting. I'm not, I'm I'm not, not dismissing it, but that. it's his fault. It's his own fault. He's the one that causes all these problems. Exactly. And now, now they have to put the sob story out there about last year, one of the majors, where he he had to withdraw because a screw was poking through his foot. Again, it's his own damn fault for being in that situation. And then, of course, Rory McIlroy couldn't <laughs> even make the cut. Couldn't even 
even make the cut, and now that made me so happy. And now he can't even. He won't even play this weekend. Oh, because he's being a petulant baby. Yeah, the RBC Heritage he was slated to play in, he has withdrawn already from that. Oh, got butt hurt because he got his ass kicked in the Masters. By a bunch of live golfers. And I don't care, people. You can get as mad as you want. All I'm going to say to you is, when the NBA cuts ties with China, then then I will start ripping on live golf for taking money from the Saudis. And by the way, where do you think all our oil is coming from right now? And where do you think Tiger made a shitload of money throughout his career? Dubai! Dubai! Now, we should give Tiger credit. He did make, as we mentioned, his 23rd consecutive cut at Augusta, which ties the record. So kudos to him for that. Bully for him. Fred Couples. Became the oldest player to make the cut at 63 years old. But, uh, boy, he he put mm. up some ugly numbers over the weekend. Yeah. Ugly numbers. And then some big names withdrawing even before the tournament early on. Kevin Na. And then we find out Will Zalatoris. I believe he just had back surgery now. Yeah. So one of the big biggest names on the tour is going to be out for quite a while now. Um, what I want to circle around to, to wrap up our master's coverage here, again, we talked about Tiger, you know, it seems like if you're going to talk about golf, you're required by law to bring up Tiger. And show at least a dozen of his greatest moments during this final Sunday round. Right. Even when he's not around. So no Rory. No Tiger. Guess what? Final round ratings for the Masters, five-year high. (laughs) Again, you don't need the two. It's proven right there. And this should be a lesson for golf. You got your bickering. You've got your infighting between the PGA guys and the live guys. Do you ever think that maybe this is working in the favor of both sides? It's a rivalry. Ooh, is something going to happen between Patrick Reed, you know, and what, uh, John Rahm? Is something going to happen between Brooks Kepka and... Gee, Kepka and Rahm seem to have played very well together. Is Rory McIlroy going to come out of the gallery? <laughs> <laughs> wearing a Samoan spike to wear the <laughs> stupid fake glasses and nose and mustache. <laughs> Go after somebody's knee. <laughs> With old Billy Baloo. Is it true, Mr. McElroy, you called Nancy Kerrigan the night before? (laughs) Oh, I should say Tanya Harding. Tanya Harding. (laughs) Not the victim. Not the victim. (laughs) The perpetrator. perpetrator. (laughs) We got to have fun. Uh, Again, this was the biggest tournament of the year, and it lived up to all the hype. It was great. Even without Tiger, even without Rory. And with the live guys. So, again, the lesson should be for the other three majors. Let them play. Follow through. Just like the Masters did. Let the live guys in. Let them play. You might not like it. And, of course, I heard uh, 
some stories about Jim Nance and how he was being a little petulant bitch up in the booth. Oh, he was making his little comments here and there. Yeah. Get over yourself, Jim. Yeah, but what was it? Brooks Kepka had the one shot that landed in the uh, the crosswalk area where the, the patrons oh. walk across the fairway yeah. to get from one hole to the next. And, um, you know, they were saying who he's going to get relief. And Nance kept saying, yeah, he's on the CW. Yeah. He's on the CW, of course. The crosswalk. Blatant, CW, blatant reference the live to... plays. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, but free publicity from Nance. Yeah. Yeah. You got to look at it as positive. You got to look at it as a positive. He kept saying the CW. Well, that's where you can find live golf. So there you go. Yep. And again. I will just say it one last time. I understand anybody who's upset about Live Golf because of where the funding comes from. But again, NBA gets a shit ton of money from China. Let's not be hypocrites. Let's not call out Live Golf without calling out the NBA. And let's also point out the fact that the Live Golf tour, the upstart tour last year, and all the money, the guaranteed money, all the things they did, all of a sudden the PGA went crazy reacting. Said, oh, we'll up Gee. our purses. We'll up our purses. Gee, the PGA suddenly found all this purse money. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. That'll do it for segment one, kids. Dave and I are going to take a quick break, quick promo. We will be right back. We'll be talking some NASCAR, some NFL football, the draft just a few weeks away. couple dumbasses. And a couple moments of silence down the road. Segment two coming up next. Are you having trouble falling asleep behind the wheel of your expensive SUV? Are you finding difficulty in avoiding golf clubs thrown at you by your angry wife as you pull out of the driveway? Sign up today for the Tiger Woods Driving School, sponsored by Sports Frenzy 2.0. We'll show you how to text ladies of the night while still driving effectively in the wee hours of the morning. We'll also teach you how to ditch a suspicious backpack when you end up driving into a ditch. Check out Sports Frenzy 2.0 on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts for updates on our latest classes, including how to curse and swear in front of uptight golf fans and their children and still be adored by millions. The Tiger Woods Driving School. It's great. All right, kids, welcome back. Segment two of Sports Frenzy 2.0 here as we record April 12th. This will drop Thursday, April 13th, 2023. I'm the Conquistador Dave Height. And I am the maestro, Kevin Crane. Time to rev up your engines as we talk NASCAR on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Amazon, Audible, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, and Stitcher! Of course, always check out the Facebook page where we will post our weekly NASCAR picks and our weekly baseball picks. And you will always find a link to not only this wonderful podcast, but our ancillary podcast, the Weekend Edition. This week, we'll be talking about Agent Elvis, the (laughs) long-awaited John Wick Chapter 4 review. 
I will be reviewing Terrifier 2. I have a book review. Music-wise, we've got The Cold Stairs. So check out the weekend edition, your sure-fire hangover cure for your Friday night partying every Saturday morning. There you go. All right. The Bristol Dirt Race. It needs to be done. It is just kind of a slog. It is kind of a mess. You've got all the different rules, of course, that I, you and I discussed because we were watching parts of it together on it's... Easter. Um, you know, you had to explain to me. I, I must. It's only the third year they've done this, so I must have zoned out on the fact that they have to do everything differently with the pits, with the stage breaks. Yeah, you got to be able to clear the dirt out of everything, and it's just a royal mess. Now, of course, the guy I had listed as my second pick won. Christopher Bell ends yep. up winning. I thought I had a good pick with Kyle Larson, but for the second time in three years, he gets caught up in something. The first year it was with Christopher Bell, and now this year, little Ryan Priest decided to be a bitch. <laughs> And so Priest ends up basically knocking Kyle Larson out. Yep. Thank God for stage points, because otherwise it would have been an absolute disaster. Yeah, I know the feeling. I had Kyle Busch, who had one of the top five cars all damn day. Broke a shock late in the race. And that was it. Ugh, so damn frustrating snake bit yep so other than that i don't think we get really got a lot to report from bristol most of the action actually was happening again off the racetrack with penalties and appeals and then arrests yeah so tell the people dave about uh, the off track shenanigans at nascar Cody Ware suspended indefinitely after he was arrested on charges of assault on a female and assault by strangulation inflicting serious injury. Again, a guy who could not control himself. You, oh, it pisses me off. These domestic cases. There is no freaking excuse for it. At all. And I really hope that he gets his just punishments if it's actually happened. Yeah, that's where we've got to be careful because I'm with you 100%. But we've seen these incidents happen most recently with the Texas head coach who lost his job even though charges were dropped. Eventually. Right. Which it's he still landed victims, on his feet. He still got a head coaching job at what Ole Miss. Yeah, so he still came out on top, even though obviously there's issues that he has. Same with Mister Ware. Obviously something happened. We'll see if the victim continues to press charges and will testify. All I will say is that, and I will say it. I don't care. What sport we're talking about, it just seems to happen so frequently 
and I know it's not just in sports, it's all over this country. But I'm going to tell both men and women. Because women are just as guilty of domestic violence as men. I will tell the men to walk away. I will tell the women to walk away. And I will tell, as Dave just mentioned, I will tell the women, don't antagonize. Don't antagonize. Walk away. I'm telling the guys to walk away, but women, you walk away as well. Because, as Dave said, you're not always, you know, with the, the wonderful glowing halo over your heads, okay? You can cause problems in this situation, too. Walk away. You know, watching On Patrol Live on Reels on weekends, Friday and Saturday nights, it's 50-50 on the domestic calls. 50-50 women and men being arrested or told to move on for the night and to separate. The women are as equally culpable and commit just as many assaults. All right, so Dave has got a homework assignment for next week. Yep, I know. We got to do the North Wilkesboro rundown. For the all-star race. It's a sports frenzy NASCAR tradition every year when they announce the all-star race format. Because they screw it up every damn year. Supposedly this year is simplified. That's what I read. So your homework assignment hopefully will not be that complicated this year. But next week, kids, play along at home as your Uncle Dave tells you about the all-star race format for 2023. Yep, we shouldn't need a PhD in physics to figure this one out. But somehow you do. <laughs> <laughs> so, but getting back to the Cody Ware thing, Zane Smith will be taking over driving duties this weekend at Martinsville. And then of course, we've got more issues with Hendrick Motorsports. Now, of course, this has been going on for weeks, and Dave and I had issues last week with the fact that the appeals board completely rescinded the previous penalty for Bowman, for Byron, for Larson. Yep. 100 points. 100 Given driver back points. To them. Oh, but what we didn't get to discuss, which happened after we taped, the appeals board made up of different folks heard the appeal for Kalig Racing. Why they couldn't have been at the same time for the same infraction boggles my mind. Again, Hendrick gets whatever the hell they want. You can curse, it's okay. Kalig Racing only gets 25 points back. Still docked 75. Hendrick gets all 100 back, Kalig only gets 25. Absolutely bullshit. And I loved the owner of Kayla Gracing's response. I guess we just need better lawyers. And we talked last week about the fact that NASCAR was not happy. NASCAR no. was pissed off at the appeals board. And so we have a classic in-season rules change by NASCAR. This time I am all in favor of it. They hit this one 
on the head that the appeals can modify the within penalty a within a certain range. They cannot completely take it away. Yeah, they cannot dismiss penalties outright. No. There is a certain range that NASCAR established within the last couple of years when they started with this, the L1, L2 penalties. And, of course, the appeals board obviously ignoring recommendations Everything. completely from NASCAR. So now How NASCAR, much were they paid by Hendrick under the table? NASCAR now says no Enough. more. No more. You can cut the penalty down again within this set range depending on L1, L2, whatever the level might be of the infraction, but you cannot outright dismiss the points penalty or the money, any of the penalties at all. You cannot dismiss them outright. Yeah, that was an absolute travesty. And guess what happened? Oh, lo and behold, Hendrick gets hit again. Byron and Bowman after Bristol. Oh, no, this, this was Richmond. Or no, after well, Richmond. It was well, right before the Bristol race. It was for the Richmond race. Right, where they got hit with L2. So they were docked 60 points and $75,000 fine. It was 60 points plus five playoff, playoff points. points. Right, 60 driver points, five playoff points. Yeah. So, and the crew chiefs both suspended two races. Yeah. And of course, Hendrick in their think of the most measly, weasley voice you can. We'll just accept the penalty and move on and focus on racing and not this. Obviously, you're focused on cheating in some way. So maybe you should get back to focusing on racing and doing things the right way. Yeah, I want you kids out there, you got a little homework here. You should look at this response from Hendrick Motorsports to this penalty. Because as Dave said, it comes off very weaselly, very snarky. Now, of course, both of us are paraphrasing when we talk about this. I don't have it right in front of me, but they basically were sounding pissy about the whole appeal process modification. And they basically said, we know we're not going to appeal this and we're just going to focus on racing. And it's not a reflection on who we are on the racetrack. And we'll just accept the penalty. It is actually who you are on the racetrack. Starting to sound like cheaters to me is what you're sounding like. But as the old adage goes, you ain't cheating. You ain't trying. Yeah, I know. I know. NASCAR kind of uh, dug their own grave with that one. When that's considered early like in the days, almost your your flagship stalwart phrase for your sport. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, we move on to race nine of the 2023 Cup season. April the 16th is coming Sunday. The Noco 400 from Martinsville. I am finally. Finally going to use up a William Byron. No, you're going with the cheaters. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Because as long as it doesn't happen within the confines of the race, if it's post-race inspection, I won't lose the points. (laughs) Now, of course, last year when Hamlin took the hit at Pocono, that was in race. That was in race, and that that killed a lot of us in the ass. Yep. 
that led to the legendary elder statesman quitting, which is uh, now a running gag here between yes. us, all eight of us. Yeah, I know. I, I think Bill put in the early plea for him and I to be able to pull a Sam. Yeah, because you two are still trying to fight your way up to get back in. But it's still early. It's still early. I mean, when Pocono, look at when Pocono falls in the schedule, and that just killed Sam. He was already stri- striving, struggling to fight back into the top ten. And that just destroyed him entirely. Yeah. Yep. There was no coming back from that. No. No, so Bill and I are both taking Lord William Byron. And you have somebody I, along Aaron, with you. Aaron and I are... Uh, Going for back-to-back Bell. We're going to roll the dice at Richmond, or at uh, Martinsville. So he's, he's, after I condemned him for his antics at Richmond, he runs really well on the short tracks. He's coming off the win last fall at Martinsville, and he's been running well there. I'm just going to point out to you what I did last week. As I tried to go for the back-to-back, and look what happened. It's going to have to happen at some point. A little weaselly bitch named Ryan (laughs) Priest came into my life. I thought about... Weeks ago, I was thinking of taking Priest. The way he ran at the Coliseum before the car broke, I had him penciled in for Martinsville. Until his antics at Bristol, where I know Larson is going to be looking for him to take him out. Otherwise, I would have taken Priest. We are starting to get some of those little tiny feuds firing up. Everybody's still pissed for some reason at Ross Chastain. And he's done nothing this year! (laughs) You know, now we've got Ryan Priest versus Kyle Larson. So we'll see where it goes. Another great... NASCAR slogan, if you're not rubbing, you're not racing. (laughs) Rubbing's racing. Yep. Six of our eight panelists have our picks in for the NOCO 400. Of course, we've just given you four. The Elder Statesman. I love autocorrect. I love autocorrect. (laughs) And I don't think he pays attention (laughs) because I got his pick. And it was Logan's. <laughs> and I, like, you're trying to make me hungry or what? <laughs> so I am assuming he's going with Joey Logano. That would be my bet. <laughs> and then finally, Nick, who, of course, was scolded last week for being late, a little bit tardy with his pick, was the first one in. He is taking Ryan Blaney. Of course, we're waiting on Mrs. C, but she always gets her Blaney's picks in on time. Blaney's not a bad time. pick either. I, I thought about him as well. Yep. So now Doug's the one that's concerning me. He's usually got his picks in by now. So, of course, he will be my weekly pain in the ass for Martinsville. There you go. All right. We're still a couple weeks out from the draft. Not a ton of NFL news, but a few things to Small discuss. Small little tidbits. Um, nothing on the Bears front, really, as they lay quietly waiting to see what's going to yep, happen. Latest rumors, I think Pittsburgh has been quietly inquiring about moving up to nine. Oh, I don't want to drop back again. 
we can get somebody good at nine. Now, the guys that I want, I want either Jalen Carter. I will admit it. I want him. If he falls, he if he is, fall, he's if a he's top three there. talent. And if he drops to nine, I want him. I don't care about the car incident. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I'm going to He say did not directly impact what happened. Was it stupid to be racing? Yes. Did he cause the accident? No. If we either get him. Now, I don't think the, the kid from Alabama is dropping that far. It's going to be him or. Northwestern Skransky. No, I don't want him. I see people. What a homer pick. Really? Are we sinking that low? Where we're taking hey, a homer pick? That's just one of the names I've heard. I want the cornerback from Oregon. That's who I want. More secondary help? Yes. Yes. If we can't get we those two, then I would consider line. This is not a great draft for offensive linemen. It's not. This is defensive pass rushers, secondary. I'm just saying. All right. Now, the Dolphins, not a big deal, but you're going to have to worry about uh, Tyreek Hill, it sounds like. Yep. 2025 will be his final season. So said. Okay, so his contract's running out, and he says after that he's done. Okay. All right, you plan now to move forward. Yeah, it's actually kind of nice. It's nice knowing (laughs) that you have an end date that you don't have to be concerned about. Exactly. Whereas with my Buccaneers now, this is what I kind of expected. I'm shocked that we haven't heard of more people Abandoning ship. Star linebacker Devin White now wants a trade. He wants out. Again, like I said, kids, I figured this was coming. It's not because of Tom Brady. It's because of Todd Bowles. Bowles, The lack of leadership. Yeah. They're they're trying to to save money now after all the money they threw out there to to win a Super Bowl. Now they got to pull in the reins a little bit. I hope they uh, this kid I was hoping was going to stick around as one of the foundation pieces. So we'll see. You never know what's going to happen. Yep. Now the big free agent signing of the week that kind of blew us away. <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr. signs with the Ravens. On a $15 million deal. Could be as much as 18 with incentives which is a little bit above what anybody else was willing to pay. Yeah, it's more than anybody, not just a little. I heard he went to the Jets with this offer, and they said, (laughs) (laughs) no, we're not matching that. No. What, are you nuts? And, of course, you got to read between the lines on this. Is this some kind of a peace offering to Lamar Jackson? How is is Odell Beckham going to be happy? We know the history of Lamar Jackson when it comes to the passing game. Now they've got a new offensive coordinator. We'll Can see. Can he what turn happens. Lamar Jackson into a more prolific passer? Is Lamar Jackson going to stick around? Who knows? He's one of those head cases that you don't know what the hell is going to happen. And the thing is, he, usually, he's looking at. Kyler Murray, he's looking at Deshaun Watson, and realistically, the three of them, 
what have they really done? Jackson got an MVP. Whoop-de-doo. It didn't help the team do shit. Last time I checked, no Super Bowls. Have they won a playoff game? Good question. I think Lamar might have won. Might have won. Still, you can't count on them to be healthy. Yeah. No, we've talked about that for weeks. I, I, We all know that the Baltimore Ravens are one of the better-run franchises in the NFL. They've got one of the best head coaches. Their front office is smart. They are not going to overpay for somebody. They never have. Well, sorry, they Joe just Flacco. Did. Joe Flacco. <laughs> that was the worst. You, they were kind of boxed in on that one because we're talking about Lamar Jackson maybe winning one playoff game. Joe Flacco bet on himself and won a Super Bowl. But still, he didn't look good doing it. They were kind of stuck on that one. They were Trent kind of stuck Dilfer on won them a Super Bowl. Yeah, but they didn't pay Trent Dilfer. So After why that. did you pay Flacco? Why did you play, pay Flacco? Because Dilfer was a mercenary free agent at that time in his career. Flacco was one of those guys that you're going to see it with the Bears, too. I'm telling you. If they're committing to Justin Fields, when you draft a guy and he develops, I'm not saying develops into Peyton Manning or Tom Brady, but develops into a... Winning quarterback. Serviceable winning quarterback. you got to stop than, overpaying You're more likely guys. than not to pay them. But not on a stupid deal like they gave Flacco. That was bad. This might be what's fueling that their hesitation. So bad. To Again, I still think and a lot of it has at, to do You with, look at what the deal that... The Cardinals gave Kyler Murray. That was just ridiculous. And the stupidity that you're seeing that that was. You're going to see how stupid the Browns were giving Watson that deal. Yep. They will not learn from nope. their mistakes. Nope. Well, that's what I think the problem is. The Ravens do are not want to go down that path. They have learned. Once bitten, twice shy. Speaking of the Cardinals, very nice segue, by the You're way. You're welcome. little bit of college and pro football combined here. He must be back from Thailand. Cliff Kingsbury has supposedly hopped on to the, uh, the USC Trojan bandwagon here. Rumors are, although it's not confirmed, his role is not confirmed. It looks like Cliff Kingsbury will be the USC he will be a consultant for the quarterbacks, for the offense, in yeah. some capacity. He just has to clear STT, STD protocols. <laughs> oh, Dave, you're so funny. <laughs> uh, when can I go to Thailand, by the way? <laughs> as soon as you save up for it. I want a venereal disease, just like Cliff Kingsbury. Going to be like Stu and, <laughs> and Hangover 2. <laughs> Get a demon inside you. <laughs> oh, God. God. The third one was awful, except for that final end credit scene. One of the that funniest, made it, that the was, funniest things ever I've seen in, in a movie. That was worthwhile. 
but the rest of the movie garbage. Yeah. Second one much better. Second one was phenomenal. <laughs> well, too bad the elder statesman is not here because we could, you know, his team is playing better than our team. We've acknowledged it. We admit it. Yep. But a little bit of issue here, a little bit of trouble. They are bailing on their 2020 first round draft pick, the third overall pick in the 2020 draft. The Lions have traded cornerback mm -hmm. Jeff Okuda to the Atlanta Falcons for a fifth round pick. He's not played all that much. Yeah, I believe he was out most of. The year before last? Yeah. I think. He's had very little time on field. But for a team that is, you want to talk about a team desperate for secondary help. I know. And they're for them bailing bail on this on kid. Wow. Mm. Danger, Will Robinson. Yeah, we'll see. We shall see. As we discussed over Easter weekend, we might get the sports frenzy crew together for the second and third rounds. Yes. Of this year's draft. Usually we do the first round, but Mr. Rock and Roll here has got a Shine Down concert. Yes. So, so. and of course Whoa. that is completely acceptable as an excuse to bail. And rock and I, roll I always do not trumps. say that with any sarcasm. That is that's number one on the list. Concerts always number one. And of course we'll talk about it on the weekend. Edition. Exactly. Um Kind of segueing here into business and college football in the last couple minutes. Uh, we stole, <clears throat> the Bears stole the Big Ten commissioner. He is now our president. Yep. So the Big Ten needed a new commissioner. So they go to ex-Major League Baseball COO, Tony Petiti, as their <laughs> new commissioner. Petiti. <laughs> you just like saying Petiti. Petiti. <laughs> <laughs> petiti, do you have any TP? We're only two weeks away, by the way, I believe. Do you have any Petiti for my bottle? only be one week away from season two of Beavis and Butthead on Paramount+. Plus. Finally, affecting me, many others out there, I bitched about this over the last couple weeks. Don't they have penicillin for that? Well, I have to go see Cliff Kingsbury for that. <laughs> YouTube TV. I told everybody out there they jacked their prices up eight bucks a month. Even if you didn't want the Sunday ticket. Even if you didn't want it and you're not going to buy it, you still as a subscriber have to pay an extra eight bucks a goddamn month because of the two billion dollars or whatever it was that they paid the NFL for the Sunday ticket. Now, oh, but it gets better. Yeah, now the prices have come out. If you're a YouTube subscriber, you get a discount. Yeah, yeah. If you are already a YouTube TV subscriber until June the sixth, there is a ticking clock on this. Call Jack Bauer. There's a ticking clock on this. You can get it for $250 if you're an existing YouTube TV customer. The Sunday ticket. Yep. After June the 6th, it will bump up to $349. If you are not a YouTube TV subscriber, you've got until June the 6th to get it for $349. Otherwise, it will bump up to 
And of course, they're pushing the fact that, oh, for only 40 more dollars, you can get the red zone. Bullshit! This whole thing is an absolute joke. Listening to the score on my way home, or uh, the, today, Mike Florio was on. Brilliantly put it, this has Monopoly written all over it. Watch out. There's no way in hell I'm paying. I would rather just watch the Bears on local TV, 4 o'clock if yeah. it's Dallas Cowboys. Why, don't, why, do, why do you have to buy everything? Why can you not just lock in on one team's out of market? It's just too much money. I'm sorry. It's ridiculously it way stupid. too much money. Way too much money. All right, kids. Two segments down. One segment to go. Dave and I will be right back with some NBA, some badasses, some dumbasses, and some moments of silence. We'll be right back. Hi, my name is Kyrie Irving, NBA superstar of the Cleveland Cavaliers. I mean, the Boston Celtics. Whoops. Brooklyn Nets. Damn. Dallas Mavericks. And while I may leave a trail of wreckage wherever I go, I still like to spend my off time listening to Sports Frenzy on Spotify, Google, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Apple, Overcast, CastBox, Stitcher, Amazon, and Audible. And if you don't like it, it's not my fault. It's your fault. Hell, nothing's ever my fault. Kyrie is never ever wrong people that my friends is the sound of sports frenzy 2.0 leading you into our third and final segment here on april the 12th 2023 that could also be construed as blackhawk fan frustration which you will learn about here shortly from my man the conquistador dave height thank you maestro that's the maestro kevin crane the Blackhawks once again trying to ruin their chances at the number one overall pick in the draft, beating the Pittsburgh Penguins 5-2 to two on the road. They are now tied with the Ducks at 58 points, with the Blue Jackets one worse at 57. <laughs> They just don't want that number one pick. They don't want the number one pick. They continue to hurt the odds of getting it. There you go. But on the opposite end of the spectrum, congratulations to the Boston Bruins. They have eclipsed the 76-77 Montreal Canadiens for most points in a season. Through 81 games, the Bruins have hit 133 points. Montreal had the previous top at 132. So Boston has one more game to go. However, Montreal did it in an 80-game season, and it was before the shootouts. So Montreal wound up with 12 ties after the overtime, so they didn't have the opportunity to pick up an extra point like Boston has. And Boston 
four and three in the shootouts. So they picked up an additional four points through the shootouts. Little bit of a difference that takes nothing away from what this Boston team has done. They're sitting at 68, 12, and five. They have run roughshod over the entire league. Uh, I don't think it's 68. I think it's 64. Yeah, 64, 12, and five. Sorry. Yeah, 64. 64, 12, and five. They are now two wins ahead of the previous record for wins. Yes. Um, But that is impressive now. But here's the thing. You can ask Lou Pinella about this. <laughs> Back when the Seattle Mariners were tearing up Major League Baseball a couple decades ago, what it don't hundred. mean shit unless you close the deal. That's right. In the playoffs, anything can happen. The old adage is, just get in. Right. So, Boston, as, as great as all this accomplishments uh, as great as all this looks for the regular season, you gotta pull the trigger in the playoffs. Finish the deal. If you don't, this goes it down as mean a monumental a disappointment. Another team you can ask about that: Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the New England Patriots, undefeated until the Super Bowl, and they let Eli Manning beat them with one of his. Stupid no-look passes downfield and a lucky-ass catch. Was that the helmet catch or was that Manningham? I can never remember which of the two happened. I don't remember which one it was. It might have been the Tyree helmet catch in that one. It might have been the helmet catch. But Again, a fluke play. Yep. But Boston has got to close the deal. To make this season truly historic. Yep. If you don't, you're just a footnote in history. Now, the NBA, as the NHL winds down its regular season, gets ready for the playoffs, coming up here, I believe, this weekend. Yes. The NBA has started their play-in tournament, this little convention (sighs) that they came up with. stupid to try to keep people interested, the players and the fans alike. And the Hawks last night in the first set of play-in games surprised the Heat down in Miami. So the Hawks actually jump up from the 8th seed to the 7th seed by beating the Miami Heat. The Heat will drop back now and play whoever wins between the 9-10 seeds tonight in the NBA on the eastern side. The western side, the Lakers advance. They get the seventh seed, beating up on the Timberwolves. In overtime. A lot closer game than a lot of people expected. Timberwolves will now be in the same position as the Heat in the west, playing tonight's winner of the 9-10 game. Now, I do have a little bit more to discuss when it comes to that Lakers-T-Wolves game, but I think that will come up in another area (laughs) of our discussion towards the end. It quite possibly could. Oh, and look, a play-in game update live. 8-10 to go in the third. The Toronto Raptors, 68. The Chicago Bulls, 
50. Once again, the Bulls are who everybody knew they were. Crap. Yep. Yep, and they, what Ball has been out for how long he's going to be out more now because he's had to have he's yet missed, another surgery. He missed half a last, over half a last season. He missed all of this season, and it's looking like he's not going to play next season. That knee did not take from the first surgery. He had to undergo a second. They don't know if he's going to be able to play again. Yep, it's just one of those situations where you gamble on a free agent, a high-priced free agent. And he came in and he had that team rolling, and they've been crap without him at point guard. Which is still a shame, because without him, they still have DeRozan, they still have Vucevic, they still have um, Levine, Zach Levine. They do not play as a team. They... Was it Levine has had knee surgery? He's not what he was. They're just in shambles. And is it coaching? Is it Billy Donovan? It's part coaching, but it's also part the players. They underperform. They do not play defense. They're capable of it. They just don't do it. They're a collective, a collection of underperformers. Yeah. The, uh, the and the front of office the, is not looking too good right now. Yeah, the sum of the parts definitely, definitely less than the whole. Yes. A couple head coaches moving on. Not shocking in the least considering these are two of the three worst teams in the NBA. Dwayne Casey with the Pistons. He will be moving into the front office. Steven Silas will not have his contract renewed with the Rockets. Now, with me, the Pistons situation is a little more dicey because they have had consistent top two, top one, top three picks. Whereas a team like, yes, I'm going to talk about my Orlando Magic, are starting to show progress, are starting to show signs of life with all these high draft picks. The Pistons just can't seem to figure it out with all these nothing is it bad picks is it bad coaching but once again they are going to be it's almost looking for the the most ping pong balls this year for the lottery yeah there's there's no coaching or player development going on in detroit the rockets they got kind of screwed in the whole james harden situation a couple years ago so it's it's a little bit rougher deal for steven silas a little bit but come on at some point you get these high draft picks you've got to turn them around turn these guys into superstars yeah if you're not then you're badly missing your evaluation now dave and i are all into conspiracy theories paranoia Dave especially. I saw a story a couple days ago about AI, and I know how he feels about AI. He thinks Skynet. Skynet's coming. You've seen the Terminator, people! But I'm with him. I'm with him on a lot of this stuff. Maybe not as crazy as he is about Skynet, but... It's coming! 
but I definitely am paranoid. I definitely believe they are out to get me. Us. I don't believe these numbers. I don't believe these numbers at all. ESPN reporting. The NBA set multiple 2022-2023 attendance records, including 791 sellouts, overall 97% capacity for all regular season games across the league, and a record 22.2 million total attendance. Mm. I don't buy that for a goddamn second. I don't. I don't. I don't buy it. I can't. This sounds to me now it's it's it works against ESPN because if they're going to tout these numbers, then the NBA is going to come to them when they want to renew. I their, need more money when they want to renew their media rights deal and say, "All right, pony it up, pony up another five hundred million or another billion. Yeah, no. I just, I, I honestly, I don't know anybody. And again, it might be the circles we run in. Potentially. But I really don't know anybody that has any interest in the NBA, let alone shelling out hundreds of dollars for a night between eating out, between concessions, a couple beers, parking, tickets to go see what in most cases is going to be a worthless regular season basketball game. In my entire life, I have seen two NBA games. Never been to an NBA game. And that was back almost 20 years ago when it was a lot more affordable, where you could get in for 40 bucks. Yep. Good luck with that now. Yeah. I had a chance to go see the Bulls play in 1998. I opted not to go because I wanted to watch the Daytona 500, which worked out for me because my man Dale Earnhardt finally won it. All good things happen for a reason. Why but would I, I subject not, myself to basketball? I do not believe these numbers <clears throat> at all. I do not believe these numbers at all. I'm sorry, I don't. Something is going on here behind the scenes. Something about giving tickets away, maybe, and counting those numbers in terms of capacity, total attendance, and sellouts. <clears throat> Something's going Something's on here. I don't fishy. believe it. I don't believe it because I think the live experience is eroding across the board. Yes, even with the NFL because of the high price of the food. Oh, you, the can't, parking, you can't afford the tickets, to go to any professional game anymore. The behavior of the fans is starting to have an impact, the behavior of the players. Sorry, I don't believe these numbers. I call bullshit on ESPN. All right, I have a Clint Eastwood group of badasses of the week. Now, Dave might dispute me on this. He might see this as badass overreach, but that's okay. I look at it more as somebody, a group of three guys, trying to do something at least something positive in the world just even if it's a gesture and it never goes anywhere it's a gesture to show we're fed up we're not going to take it anymore thank you mr snyder 
three North Carolina state senators, again, state level, Tim Moffitt, Bobby Hannig, Eddie Settle, are pushing forward in North Carolina Senate Bill 430, where the bill states recreational sports will no longer be allowed to give out participation trophies. <laughs> all Thank trophies, God. All trophies given out will be only for academic or athletic achievement, not just for participation. Kudos to them. Now, it's only for rec sports because that's really the only area they can rule on. But still, it's a step in the right direction. I didn't know how you'd feel about that. I just thought... I hate participation trophies. Well, I know, but I didn't know if you would get upset because these guys should be spending their time on stuff more important... They should. ...than banning participation trophies. But I still think it's a badass move on their part. It is. I like it. So, those three Because participation trophies began the downfall... And the snowflaking of this country. Oh, and they had, a, in the story where I read this, they had a couple quotes from some coaches. They had to have sought out the biggest snowflake coaches in North Carolina. Well, this is the only way we can motivate these kids is by giving them a trophy for showing up for practice. Then they don't deserve to play or make the team. <laughs> you uh, have to want to be there. Awesome. Awesome. I really thought Dave might might not back me on this one, but... Oh, I hate participation trophies. Moffat, Hannigan, Settle are my badasses of the week. God, that's the law firm from hell, isn't it? <laughs> All right. We should move on to our moments of silence. In the great state of Indiana... Unfortunately, this past weekend, sprint car driver Justin Owens passed away in Lawrenceburg, Indiana. During a qualifying race. Oh, hate hate when stuff like that happens. Thoughts and prayers to his family and friends. And yes, that is a constant danger. Thankfully, it doesn't happen nearly as often as you might think, but with racing on all levels... You never know. Yep. And then today, not not necessarily the most <clears throat> noteworthy passing, but a former NHL player played in 11 games for the Dallas Stars, um, working in a fire department up in Canada, playing, I believe, in just like a casual game of hockey. Recreation hockey. Recreational hockey. Raymond Sawada had a heart attack and died. Thoughts and prayers to his family and friends. Don't recall the name, but like you said, it was just a brief career. Yep. All right, time to pivot. Pivot. A couple dumbasses this week, but... Very interesting dumbasses. I have to tie in for my first dumbass to the NBA mm-hmm. discussion. We started off here after NHL talk. We went to the NBA. We talked about the first round of playing games last night. 
And, of course, we mentioned the Lakers and the Timberwolves. Now, I did not bring up the the <sighs> details surrounding this game. And Dave said, surprisingly, went to overtime. Yes. Took, but- took the Lakers until overtime to beat the Timberwolves. The Timberwolves were missing <coughs> a key player. Oh, not only one, but two. Well, yeah. So the the Timberwolves as a team are dumbasses of the week because right before they were ready to head into this play-in game, the last game of the regular season, what happens? Rudy Gobert, one of their best players, punches his teammate in the chest, Kyle Anderson, gets a one-game suspension. Oh, oh, out for the Lakers game. Isn't that convenient for LeBron? Again, you want to know why I was talking about paranoia and conspiracies? Boom, right here. we here. go again. In addition, Jaden McDaniels, again, I don't understand why this happens so often with these athletes, punched a wall. And screwed up his hand, out. So the T-Wolves were two players short in the play-in game against the Lakers. And, by the way, not only that, Minnesota was up 15 points in the third quarter. Gee, isn't that convenient? How that league just disappeared, and in the fourth quarter, the Timberwolves couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. And if it wasn't for, as LeBron James said, Anthony Davis's brain fart fouling Michael Connolly with 0.1 seconds left in regulation and giving him three free throws to tie the game, send it to overtime, they never would have had to even bother with dispatching the T-Wolves in an extra session. But isn't it amazing how it always works out for LeBron James? Yeah, gee, I thought a player would have had the opportunity to appeal a suspension and be able to play until it was upheld. Not a league suspension. It was a team suspension. Ah, blast. Yep, team suspension. There you go. And now, of course, the Lakers move on to play the number two seed, the Memphis Grizzlies, who are without one of their best players, Steven Adams. Again, amazing how it always works out for LeBron James. The self-proclaimed greatest player in the history of basketball. Not. You're still never going to have six rings. (laughs) You're never going to get six, buddy. It's never going to (laughs) happen. Never going to get it. Never going to get it. All right, now finally, my final dumbass. It's a serious topic, but I actually had to print out. My God, is that a dissertation for a dumbass? Yes, yes it is. Stretching it, isn't it? Now, we know about (laughs) the tragic tale, initially, the tragic tale of Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins, of course, hit by a truck. Supposedly intoxicated. I think tests bore that out. Remember earlier, we discussed conspiracy theories. Oh, boy. 
Oh boy. This, this, this is even beyond anything we could have come up with. The estate of Dwayne Haskins is suing. Let me tell you who they're suing, who they claim were. Would, would it be easier to list who they're not suing? <laughs> it's amazing to me. This, you want to talk paranoia? My if, God. if this somehow How, what turns were they out to, smoking? If this somehow turns out to be true that all of these separate entities and people were involved and this combined. is this is more significant of a conspiracy than the JFK assassination, okay? This is more convoluted. This please. All right, the lawsuit filed by Dwayne Haskins estate claims he was drugged on the night of his death as part of an alleged blackmail and robbery conspiracy. Lawsuit <clears throat> filed in Broward County, Florida lists, and I'm just getting started here, kids, four individuals, two restaurants, a golf driving range, and a hotel as defendants connected to the alleged conspiracy. Not done yet. The lawsuit also lists the driver of the truck citing his negligent acts. Okay, I can get that. I can I, buy the negligent act of the driver. Because, of course, direct cause of Haskins' death. Oh, we're not done yet, though. In addition to the driver, the lawsuit also alleges negligence by the individual owner of the 1994 Kenworth truck, the driver's trucking company, the Florida Department of Transportation, the rental car company, and the contractor that provides signage along I-595. <laughs> this is absolutely stupid beyond belief. That, my friends, is a conspiracy to the nth degree. That Again, is stupid conspiracy. As you said, it would have been easier to list who was not included in the lawsuit. My God, what? And you talk about grasping at straws. That's that's casting a net and hoping something will come back in. It's ridiculous. And again, this is another example of how our judicial system gets bogged down with crazy, superfluous, innocuous, ridiculous lawsuits that are wasting time when we should be focusing on real criminals who obviously, evidence proves, blatantly committed heinous, violent crimes. But instead, again, we've got this kind of stuff. And again, it's a tragedy that Dwayne Haskins died. It is, but it was... An unfortunate accident. And if you want to sue the guy who was driving the truck. Then you stop there. Well, or I would throw in this. Maybe I am not a lawyer, but I play one on a podcast. Let me throw in the fact that if somebody either gave him alcohol or gave him drugs, that person I would throw in the lawsuit as well. That's it. If, That's it. If they gave it to him unknowingly. Well, we know how things go with alcohol where you can overserve. Even if the person is saying, the person is saying, give me another one, give me another shot, give me another one. 
you can still get in trouble for over serving. So that's what I'm saying. Truck driver, if somebody but, gave Dwayne Haskins drugs or alcohol. Twice the legal it. limit is not, I cannot consider that over serving. Yep. Like you were saying, toxicology report concluded Haskins was legally drunk when he was hit by the truck on I-595 in Florida. Separate samples taken from his body had blood alcohol levels of 0.20 and 0.24, both of which are well above the legal right. limit in Florida three to of four 0. Times. 0.08. Three to four times. Yeah, so you were being kind. I was being kind. It's three to you four You were being times. conservative. So, all right. I will go over serving. You cannot go, oh my God. That's such a wide The road net. signage, the Department of Transportation, because they didn't... They don't do like not walk on this road. It's common fucking sense you do not walk on a highway, people. McDonald's coffee is hot! Oh, gotta put that on every cup now. Don't be a dumbass and spill hot coffee in your on lap. On your crotch. All oh, right. We're just getting warmed up, kids. We're done here for the week on Sports Frenzy 2.0, but we're going to be recording the weekend edition next, and that will hit this Saturday morning, of course, your Friday night partying hangover cure. We've already told you what's coming up. The highlights, we'll have plenty of other stuff. We'll have dumbasses, although I don't know what is going to top <laughs> the lawsuit from hell. Oh <laughs> but It's just bizarre. Hopefully next week we'll have better news with the White Sox and the Cubbies. Don't count on it. Getting another week closer to the draft. Maybe Aaron Rodgers will actually be a New York Jet, a San Francisco 49er, or... Could retired. He, could he still be a Packer or retired? We'll let you know next week, kids. We are always your source for sports news of the week every Thursday morning. He's a conquistador, Dave Heights. He's Maestro Kevin Crane. And we will talk to you next week.